Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Inkwell Gamers podcast. Wow, I can't believe we've reached 10. We're double digits now. Yeah, we're uh, big time. (laughs) You could say that, or you could not. No, 10 is a lot. I feel like we have learned a lot, we've grown a lot, and we're just going to keep getting better, but... Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. And, you know, part of learning about that, I feel like, is doing a podcast, it's a whole new world a whole new world world. (laughs) didn't realize i was saying that i mean it's uncharted territory for us Mm -hmm. we've never done anything like this before and so we were learning audio acoustics editing uploading all still learning a lot still learning a lot so which speaking of if you've been sticking with us thus far we over the weekend, moved our computer into a, another room that we had to set up for a recording. And so we're hoping that this creates better sound quality because if you've been thinking that you've heard rustling and tinking and tinkering in the background, it was all of our fur babies being so nosy, meowing, having their little paws tap on the floor, the hard floor. Yeah, the tick, tick, tick. So we finally had a chance to set up a quieter room and added some things that hopefully help with the acoustics. So just know we recognized it. We hated it. Or at least I hated it. I'm type A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, I've, I've heard worse, but I've also heard a lot better. So I just there's want, always room to improve. Yeah. So, but I think we're, I think we're all set up now. And I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be good. We're going to only go up from here. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how have you felt like things have been going so far? Yeah, it's been a lot of work. Yes. Um, I know for you specifically because you don't let me edit. <laughs> but uh, that's probably for the better because I wouldn't be so particular about some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of it, whether it's streaming or doing the podcast or creating videos has been a lot of fun yeah yeah and i do appreciate you for that i feel like you and i complement each other well in that regard when it comes to stuff with the discord and then making sure that like the streaming software for twitch and making videos like that's your forte and i appreciate the fact that we kind of have our own um specialties and we're just Mm -hmm. kind of dividing and conquering and it's been kind of nice yeah it is nice yeah it is nice for sure so before we get into today well i guess we could talk about what we're doing today first we are going to be focusing on the emerald ruby starter deck which is my favorite and so we're going to give our first impressions what you can find in the starter deck and then Like last episode with the Amethyst Amber deck, we're going to be giving you a couple different upgrades. So before we get into that, though, we had something really exciting happen over the weekend. Yeah, we went to our first Lorcana League. We did. It was was a lot of fun. Yeah. We were kind of worried about bringing decks that might be a little too good because we just didn't know what 
to expect. Yeah, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know the individuals that we'd be playing against, whether they were kids just starting or adults just starting, whoever it is, we just didn't know what to expect. But people definitely were there, had very real decks, and they were uh, competitive, but they are also super friendly for the... I mean, I didn't meet anyone that wasn't friendly. Yeah, they are all super nice. Yeah, they are all super nice, and that's really important. But, yeah, it was also nice that they definitely had some competitive decks for us to play against as well. Yeah. I mean, I think we went in there. We, we've we been playing on Pixelborn and experimenting with different deck ideas and found ones that we really like. And mm-hmm. so we just built the real deck of it. And then once we arrived there, we kind of had this moment where we looked at each other and said, oh, I, I wish we would have built... A couple of other, like a casual deck and a competitive deck. And then when we got there, kind of felt out the atmosphere and determined what to do with that. So I wish we would have done that, but I think we'll do that next time. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely bringing an items deck to next league. (laughs) It just is what it is. I can't can't get away from it, but... If you've been watching (laughs) some of our streams, yeah, Dalton has this item deck. It's... It's really cool and a lot of fun. It's just not there yet, but it's the concept is really cool. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it might get there one day. One day. Um, so what'd you play against, Dana? What'd you bring, actually? So what I brought was a Emerald Amethyst deck. You would, might consider it like a tempo. So I had Genie on the Job and Cusco, Mad Hatter couple of evasives in there. It was a lot of fun. I played against a Rockstar deck. I played against an item deck. I kind of wanted to play a couple more games against it, but the person who I played had to leave early, so I only got to do one game against it, but... Was it close? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's okay. It was just, mine was mine was too fast, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's the issue with it is, what, from what I found, you just can't keep up in the early game. Yeah. So, but yeah, I played that, and then the gentleman who was running it, he brought his kids, and his eldest, I think, was six, and we had an, an odd amount of players, and so he just asked if it was okay that, like, the round that I was odd man out if I wouldn't mind just playing with him because he wanted to play. And so I, of course, didn't mind. And he played his mom's deck, which was pretty good. <laughs> um, it was emerald and I'm blanking on... sapphire. Sapphire. I was blanking on the other color, but yeah, it was pretty annoying. It was good. It was, it was cute to see his wheels turning. He did get help from his dad, but you could tell that he remembered some of the tips that his dad has been trying to teach him. So it was really cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And of course, that's like, honestly, that's what you would want. So, cause he was like, are you, he was, I felt like he was kind of unsure. Like, are you okay? He seemed a little timid. Yeah. Like, is it okay if you, if you don't want to play him, it's okay. And I was like, no. So I. At the end of the day, you want to create a positive experience for everybody, even if they aren't a kid and they're an adult for the first time. And so that's only going to be, that's going to be what determines the longevity of the game and the success of it is whether people still want to play it and support it. And in order for them to play it and support it, you want them to feel welcome. So yeah, of course, like. Yeah, why not? Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. We wish that we would have 
that sh I wish that wasn't our first time going. Um, we went to the starter deck premiere when that came out that night. Um, we went and played that night, but unfortunately we just had something going on every weekend. We hadn't had a chance to go back there. And so we finally told ourselves, okay, as the cold weather comes in, I mean, we're, we're from the Midwest, so it's starting to get cold here. We're going to have less activities to do on the weekend and we want to make it a point to start going more consistently. So definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, uh, what do you, what do you feel like you learned about your deck? Oh man. So I feel like I really started to, I felt like going in, I knew how to play my deck or my goal, mm -hmm. but I didn't necessarily consider any of the metagame. And so I felt like I learned how to utilize the cards in my deck for the metagame. Sure. So for example, obviously like the Stitch Rockstar Steel Amber is really popular right now. And one of the first, if they can, their goal is to put Lilo down first turn and then Bodyguard Simba next turn. And so I felt like I started to think about what cards I really need to make sure I get in my first hand in order to stop. So the person who I had played the first game, I didn't draw, I didn't draw Rafiki. And I also have a Meg in my hand too. And so I didn't draw her. So when he put his Simba down, I didn't have a way to either rush with the Rafiki or I didn't have a way to use Meg to get like my Archimedes yeah, powerful enough yep. yeah, to get past the Simba. So I definitely learned that about my my deck. Yeah. What'd yeah. You, and what did you play? I played uh, Amethyst Ruby, you know, the typical control deck. It was a little bit different than most. I didn't play Aladdin Street Rat, mainly because I wanted to try out Elsa Snow Queen as my three drop of choice because I wanted to test to see how good shifting into big also was mm -hmm. and it's really good <laughs> it's really good I also just wanted to test out how good Aladdin heroic outlaw was with when you're not shifting it and that card is a lot worse when you're not shifting it so if you're not playing the street rat to me I would just either not play Aladdin or I'll, what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to find room for Aladdin's Street Rat. So I'll, I'm going to have a lot of three drops in that deck, but that's okay. Do you feel like that's the main thing that you learned, or did you learn anything else? No, I learned some other things. Um, well, you learn how good Rafiki is. I already knew because I play a lot of Pixelborn, but just playing in person and actually holding the cards for some reason it just hits different yes. so um the the endorphins you get of rafikiing down your opponent's simba in when you're actually holding the cards is is a pretty big rush yeah other than that i got wrecked by the steel amber deck that you beat in the last round mm -hmm. he played you have forgotten me two of them on the same turn which wrecked me and Stitch Carefree Surfer also put a hurting on me. So I feel like I only played two Be Prepared, so I might need to go up to four. That's not something I really want to do. Just It's something I probably should do, but not something I really want to do. Right. Because it's, I don't know, I just 
want to play other cards more, really, but it's it's very good. So I I think I need more be prepared in order to combat those matchups a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing more Sundays for sure. And then we even have a tournament coming up next weekend too at this at our store. So oh yeah, definitely. That's gonna be so much fun. It's a one k so thousand dollars in prizes if enough people show up i think like 32 people have to show up or something like that but yeah. uh winner uh what do you say winner gets like 250 or something yeah maybe and then like packs or something like mm-hmm. that yeah i forget but super excited about that definitely need to make sure i'm practicing because i'm sure i'm gonna play against a lot of the ruby amethyst mirror and i'm gonna have to get really good at that so i can play fast yeah <laughs> those games take a long time yeah and one thing that I know that we talked about in the car ride home too is that playing in person versus Pixelborn is just so much different. It's the same game, the same cards, but it's so different. And I think partially is because Pixelborn kind of guides you into the cards that have trigger abilities. Mm-hmm. Whereas in person, it's, it can be easy to forget sometimes. You yeah. play a Maleficent, the three cost one sorceress yeah on pixelborn just pops up so you're like all right i know i have something that's triggering right mm-hmm. but in person it's really easy to just play that card and forget it forget it now yeah. that's the whole point of the card so mm-hmm. or like flynn when he's challenged mm-hmm. gotta make him discard so just some of the mechanics like that you have to get really good at memorizing mm-hmm. but I think we're we're gonna get there yeah i'm excited for sure okay are you ready to get into the starter deck emerald ruby yeah let's do it do you want to go over the starter deck because i know you love it yeah for sure so the emerald ruby starter deck an overview of the card so you're getting duke sergeant tibbs aladdin prince ali cruella meg donald duck lefou Horus, Iago, Jasper, Mickey Mouse, Steamboat Pilot, Peter Pan Never Landing, Aladdin, Street Rat, Pongo, Scar, Fiery Usurper, Mad Hatter, Captain, Rapunzel, Letting Down Her Hair, Stitch, Abomination, Aladdin, Heroic Outlaw, Stampede, Vicious Betrayal, He's Got a Sword, Steal from the Rich, Dragonfire, Mother Knows Best, Shield of Virtue, and Stolen Scimitar. <sighs> That was a lot. Take that breath. (laughs) Um, Overall, though, it has 11 non-inkables, which is, I think, the exact amount or maybe one one off. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same as that Amethyst Amber one that we talked about last week. So the deck is probably my favorite starter deck. The first impression it gave me... I felt like it was the best one in my opinion. I really liked the concept of having a couple of evasives. It has actions that either remove characters altogether or inflict more damage. You also have Aladdin, both the Heroic Outlaw and the Street Rat that affect lore by taking it away. And then as well as, Out- as well as Steal from the Rich that also does that. Yeah, yeah. So... I don't know. And then having the evasive option is pretty pretty nice. And then you have something that is a huge lore adder, and that is Mad Hatter, which is one of my favorite cards. That's one that I'm rocking in my deck right now. 
So there's just so much good to this starter deck, in my opinion. What did you think of it? This deck is is probably the most interesting to me. It has just so many different lines of play because you have the cards that let you unexert your characters. So, for example, you have Iago, which can make one of their characters be reckless, and then you can use LeFou to... Well, then you unexert Iago, then you could target another one of their characters to make it have Reckless. So they have to challenge into you instead of questing. Those cards are also really good at protecting your Mad Hatter. Mm -hmm. So you can quest for three, you can use the shield to ready Mad Hatter again, and then it's protected so it doesn't get challenged. And then obviously it's really good with Heroic Outlaw, uh, just doubling up on its banish trigger when it challenges is also really strong. Yeah. So this deck has a lot of interesting lines of play. Depending on the matchup, it can be a little more aggressive, it can be a little more controlling, and it has a couple combo elements as well. So this is a really fun deck to play. I like it a lot. Did you think that it was... What did you originally think of it when you first started playing with it? Yeah, so when we first started playing... I thought it was the best one. The characters was with Evasive, Pongo, and Peter Pan are just not the easiest to deal with. And I thought it had the best threat in Aladdin to kind of finish the game. Although, it's probably up between that and Dr. Facilier. Dr. Facilier can be really strong too in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. I think this deck's a little bit harder to play. So, because there's just so many different interactions going on so that's i thought it was the best one and i really enjoyed playing it uh now i think it's just the second best one but you know it's still pretty good it's still yeah. fun okay you said because it has so many interactions so do you feel like that makes it not as good or just not as easy to play with it's just not as easy to play with because when you're not familiar with some of the lines of play that you can make, you just might miss it. Mm -hmm. Like the Iago, make your character reckless, then uh, readying your Iago to make another character reckless. That's something that maybe a lot of players would see, maybe not, but probably not when they're first... I wouldn't see that when yeah. I was... <laughs> when yeah. you're first getting into the game, that's just not something that you would necessarily see. Yeah. So I think it's just a, a little bit harder to play, timing those things. But yeah, I think it, it's a really re rewarding deck to play. It's a lot of fun. How would you take this starter deck and upgrade it in, with a budget? So let's get into like our first additional deck that we're talking about today. So you, the budget upgrade. What would you do with this one? Take out the bag cards. What are those, you might ask me? <laughs> Dalton, what, what are, are the bag those, cards? Dalton? Tell us about the bad cards. First of all, Scar, Fiery Usurper. That is just a big body. It doesn't do much when it comes in. It trades down. We're getting rid of two of those. Captain, Colonel's Lieutenant. Another big body, but not very impressive. Getting rid of those. Rapunzel letting down her hair is a... As far as threats go, you could find worse, but it's expensive. It's not inkable. just doesn't do enough. Get yeah, rid of it. that's her downfall. It's mm -hmm. expensive, uninkable. Expensive, uninkable. You got to watch out for those. You got to have a really big impact if you're going to be expensive and uninkable. Mm -hmm. 
Stampede, Vicious Trail, he's got a sword, Steal from the Rich, Stolen Scimitar, all those cards, you're gone. Bye. Get out of here. You're bad. <laughs> Corella, Donald Duck, Horus, and Iago, you're also kaput. Now, the cards that we want to add, we kind of want to add some Cheshire Cats. That is a really strong three-cost character. Love me some Cheshire Cats. Um, love the Cheshire Cat. We want to add some mini Mouses just as a, a reasonable one-cost character to play, right? So we'll add four of those. Add some Duke of Wesseltons to fill out to four of those. Add Flynn Rider, which is a really strong two-cost character. Right. Okay. Uh, go up to three Jaspers. We're going to the four Pongos and four Tinkerbells. We really want the evasive characters. Uh, that's what's going to allow us to put a lot of pressure on the opponent, mm -hmm. along with Flynn's and Cheshire Cats early. Go up to four Prince Ali because we're going to also add an Aladdin Heroic Outlaw so we can more commonly shift onto the Prince Ali. And then the biggest upgrade for this deck is probably just Kuzco Temperamental Emperor. It's probably the best emerald card. It is insanely strong. Very annoying. So good. Very annoying for your opponents to deal with. So we're going to add four of those. That's the most expensive card that we're adding. They're, so worth it, though. Yeah, it is, it is really, really good. Yeah. So... Definitely notice, even though I'm running an Emerald Amethyst deck for League, there's a lot of the green characters in this already that I have in mind. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that Cusco, it's it's the most expensive of this upgrade, but it is so worth it. Yeah, if you're playing one of these like Tempo-ish, aggressive Emerald decks, mm -hmm. it's probably the most important card for it. Yeah, which looking at... TCG player right now, uh, four of those combined, it's like $63. So it is going to be a bulk of the upgrade, but everything else is not too bad. Yeah, it's about $81, $81 to upgrade the deck into this version yeah. once you already have the starter deck. So if you buy a starter, buy $81 worth of upgrades, you're right at 100 then you have a reasonable budget deck. And honestly, coming from a, another card game like Magic or even Pokemon sometimes, $100 for a, a, a decent deck is pretty, you're getting off pretty easy. Yeah, this is going to compete really well for sure. Yeah, so before we get into the other decks too, I just want to say that we're going to be putting all of the deck lists we're talking about today in our Lorcania page and then putting the links to those in the description of this episode. So if you're interested in anything that you hear today, you can just scroll on down a little bit to find the full deck list. But just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, this deck is right up your alley. It's an aggressive deck. You're trying to build a lot of lore quickly and then you have some removal spells just to keep your Opponents off balance like Dragonfire, Mother Knows Best, even Cheshire Cat, I would classify as a removal spell in some scenarios. Meg also helps with that. Mm -hmm. And the reason why some of these cards, especially like the Cusco, I mean, 
because I said that it's the most expensive, that it's worth it. If you had listened to our set review of each of the individual colors, we talked a lot about certain cards having almost a de-incentivization for wanting to challenge them. And there are a couple of cards in this deck that do so. So with the Cusco, um, if it gets challenged and banished, it also banishes the opposing challenger, no matter how big. So even if it were to have possibly like sustained itself and, and survived, doesn't matter. Cusco still banishes it. Um, Cheshire Cat has a ability that kind of hinders your opponent from wanting to as well. It's the same thing. Yeah, that deincentivization, And then like your Flynn too. So there's a lot of cards that make your opponent hesitate just enough to contemplate whether they really want to challenge that character or not. So you might be able to get away with, if they don't want to lose like their Stitch Rockstar into your Cusco, you're going to get away with questing for three. And that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It'll make them think twice even though they should probably do it anyway. Make something twice about it. Yeah, just that hesitation. <laughs> All right, I'm, I want to get into my deck now. So this upgrade is just a normal, no budget. So adding a couple more powerful cards in addition to the ones that Dalton had in his budget upgrade. It is also just an aggressive lore building deck as well, but we're just amping up a couple of cards. Yeah, you're playing all the heavy hitters, it looks like, in all this All the heavy hitters. Okay, so adding in Brave Little Taylor. Mm-hmm. And then... Very exciting, very exciting card. Yeah, for sure. Keeping in the Prince Ali, Cheshire Cat, Sergeant Tibbs, adding in Genie on the Job. I like this card as well. It's evasive, quests for a lot. It's just, it's just good. Outside of Kuzco, I think Genie is the... Probably the next best card in this color. Cusco, Mother Knows Best, Genie on the Job. There are three really good cards. Yeah, for sure. And Genie on the Job is not too bad right now. I think it's going for like 350 on TCG Player. And then I forgot to mention Brave Little Taylor's the probably the second most expensive card of this. Cusco being one, Brave Little Taylor being like 15 each. So, but sticking with Pongo, the Duke, Minnie Mouse, always classy. Flynn Rider, Meg, Cusco, Jasper, Tink, uh, Heroic Outlaw, adding two more. So I think Dalton, did you have two in your deck? I did, I okay. did. So yeah, so I bumped the, I bumped him up to four just because no budget. <laughs> Why not? Well, I mean, he isn't even that bad anyway. No, so no. it's it's not, he's like two something, but still. Yep, and then sticking with Dragonfire and Mother Knows Best too, so. Just the classic... Removal and tempo spells that you, that you need in these colors. Yeah, so same, because I know, I think, for the Amber Amethyst deck, our, our two versions of the deck had a little bit different gameplay, mm -hmm. but we pretty much have the same one for this. It's just using a couple different cards. Yeah, it's, it's the same theme, right? You're just trying to curve out playing a character every turn, playing high questers at their ink cost, and just, you know, questing, to, questing for victory. The, the only difference is that this one goes a little bit bigger. It's maybe a little more mid-range than the budget version, which expensive cards are usually more expensive ink-wise, so that makes sense. So yeah, you just have a little bit bigger of a mid-range aggressive deck with the genies and the mickeys. For sure, you like it? 
I do, I do. I know we haven't tried out too many Mickeys in your version, uh, the one when we actually play in person too yeah, much. Yeah, because we when we got our starter decks, we played with those for a while, and then after a while, we tried to see how we could upgrade each of those. And of that deck that I had, I think I ha- I don't know if I had all four, because of course we made proxies, but yeah, of course <laughs> I forgot if I had all four in there, but. With that deck, I rarely got to be able to use it. It was pretty much like the game was done by the time I would have been able to get to him. Yeah, the the nice thing about Mickey is that he's ink early when you don't need him, but when you do need him late, he can just kind of win the game by himself in one or two turns. So I mean, it's devastating for lore. That's so much. It's so much. (laughs) So good. So, yeah, I, I like the addition there. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely like the look of that deck. It looks pretty, pretty strong to me. It looks like it can go into any tournament and compete really well. Well, thank you. Absolutely. I like yours too. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. So now we are going to talk about a third deck, which is it's not going to have a budget and it is just going to be a completely different play style within these two colors. I'm really excited to talk about this one. It looks a lot of fun. I haven't tried it out too much on Pixelborn, but I really like the idea of it. And this is a Mulan deck. Ooh. A Mulan Imperial Soldier deck. Okay. So the idea is to kind of play a bunch of characters early in the game, whether that's some evasive characters like Peter Pan or Tinkerbell, Mm -hmm. Hans, Or maybe you just flood the board early with some cheaper characters, maybe Meg, Minnie, the Duke, and small Aladdin. And then once you challenge and banish a character with Mulan, all your characters that are in play get to quest for one extra lore. So it's a little bit of a combo deck. So you're trying to use Fan the Flames and LeFou and Shield of Virtue to get extra challenges Mm -hmm. with those characters. And Aladdin Heroic Outlaw works really well in this deck as well, because if you can ever drain your opponent for four lore, take, you know, banish two of their characters, take four from them, you gain four. Mm -hmm. That's a really big swing against a lot of the aggressive decks. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this one looks like it might be hard to play. The sequencing of it might not be the easiest, but... I'm, we're definitely going to try this uh, when like, we stream Yeah, it, next. it looks like it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, so yeah, just going over the deck list. Two Mickey Mouse BLT, four Mulan, four Land Prince Ali, two Genie on the Job. I really wanted to move this up to four, but I also realized that you need to have some cheaper characters when you're, when you're playing four Mulan so you can mm-hmm. get some benefit out of that ability. Yeah. Uh, three Duke of Wesselton, three Minnie Mouse, always classy. Four Hans, four Meg, four Cusco, four LeFou, four Tinkerbell, four Aladdin Heroic Outlaw, four of each, Dragonfire Fan the Flames, and Mother Knows Best, and two Shield of Virtue. So yeah, this deck is going to play out. It's just, I think this one's just going to be hard to play. In order to get the most out of it, you're going to have to practice with it a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you can find the exact right build, I think there's probably something here. It's just going to take a lot of tinkering with the numbers to make sure you get it exactly where you want it. Yeah. 
but yeah, it, it definitely can have some really swingy and high impact turns that, well, I guess we'll see when we stream next uh, mm-hmm. how how well that plays out. That's true. What do you think are the weaknesses to this? The weaknesses? Oh gosh, yeah. So if you don't have a Dragonfire or a Mother Knows Best for your opponents like Rockstar Stitch or something like that, if they can get enough quest early you're not gonna really have a lot of time to use milan at that much so the emerald decks you might have trouble with especially because if you challenge kuzco then you don't get the second challenge from Mulan because you're gonna get banished mm-hmm. the emerald decks that play a lot of characters early and can protect them that might be an issue it's also possible that the ruby amethyst decks that are playing be prepared could be an issue too so yeah i'm sure there's there's ways around it maybe you want to add some be prepared yourself to help in some of those emerald or amber matchups maybe you want to add a couple more mickeys or genies to help in the more mid-range and controlling matchups but the only way to really know that is to to test it out a little bit which mm-hmm. i'm excited to do so i got a question for you yeah why wouldn't you play be prepared in here? Because I feel like most people that play Ruby, they automatically up oh, be, put be prepared in there. Yeah, so be prepared is kind of a polarizing card. It's something that a lot of people will say you should just play four of if you're a Ruby deck because it's that good. And it is a really strong card. It's really the only card that has that effect in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, grab your swords against some decks does that, but... It's not quite the same. The reason why we're not playing it in this deck is because we want three, four, five. We want as many characters on the board as we can. Right. And if we have four characters on board and we play Be Prepared, that just goes against our game plan. We're not really getting the advantage of that as a Ruby Amethyst deck would be. That might only have one character on the board, right? Um, It is possible that you might want to play one or two just so you have that option and a card to mulligan to when you're playing against the matchups where it's really good but i like just starting off with zero because i want to see how well this deck in its most streamlined form can play against those matchups without it Mm -hmm. and then once you find out that Uh, You might need one or two, just add one or two in. The other reason why you don't want to play it is because in the matchups where it's so bad in, like the Ruby Amethyst matchup, where they're actively trying to be prepared you, Mm -hmm. it's just going to be a dead card, and then you're going to be sitting there the whole game wondering, like, what if this be prepared was a Han scheming prince or something that actually benefited your game plan okay so maybe han scheme prince would have quested for three or six and maybe that was the difference in in your lore to win the game it's so that makes sense like yeah you don't want it to be counterintuitive to your game plan so that makes sense right and there's like i said there's a lot of nuance to go to that maybe maybe the right version of this deck has one or two just as a a card to mulligan two in the bad matchups for game two and three it's possible so tell me, what are what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's really powerful. I mean, you have the annoying heroic outlaw that 
takes away lore and adds lore. You have that really cool setup with the Mulan. I had Mulan in the starter deck upgrade that you and I made proxies with that we were talking about, but I never got to the point where I really was able to fully utilize her. And I think it's because I didn't have some of the other cards that you do. Like I didn't have the instigator or fan the flames that would have mm. helped kind of coerce your opponent to not having an option, <laughs> but having to challenge you. So I just didn't have those supplemental cards that would actually make that game plan work. But I see that vision in yours and it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a card that you very much have to build around in order for it to work properly it's even possible that what you want from this deck instead of like maybe some hans or in the mickey mouse is just to have more lower cost characters just so you can get on the board earlier so you have more things that you know quest when you actually do get the attack in with Mulan. So those are some things to think about. I'm not saying this is the best version, the perfect version, but I think there's definitely something here and I'm excited. Keep testing it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what else do you have for us, Dana? Well, we posed a question on our social media <clears throat> about um, what questions that you guys have for us. And so I figured we could answer that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who is it and what what, is, what do they have to say? Okay, so Lorcana Eastas asked, what color do you think will get the most help or good cards in set two? Ooh, that is a very good question. I personally think that Sapphire will get the most help in set two. I think it's probably considered to be the weakest color all around so far so it it would surprise me if Ravensburger doesn't already know that and hasn't tested it and found that out and hasn't tried to make some adjustments for that hope they don't go overboard uh with the power level of the sapphire cards but i, I would guess that that's probably the the color that gets the most help next i think i would expect emerald to get the most help and we've seen a couple pretty strong emerald cards that might point to that so mm -hmm. yeah that's where i'm going with it nice okay so for your sapphire guess you're basing that off of just how it plays right now not necessarily any leaks that we've gotten right i mean i do think cogsworth both of those two cards are pretty good but yeah i i think there's more to come for that color all right, well, your other color is the one that I actually was going to choose. It is emerald. And I'm not biased just because it's my favorite color, but I think that some of the cards that have been leaked so far are showing abilities that emerald has been lacking. One of them being any sort of, like, card draw. So, like, with, with Bucky... Whenever you play a Floodborne character, each opponent chooses and discards a card. So you're getting like that card advantage. And then with Belle and her ability that is discarding the cards, again, that's your card advantage that is putting you one up against. Because you're, you're not having draw like Amethyst does. So you're mm -hmm. gaining 
cards in these ways now. Yeah, honestly, Bell could be like a, if they have six cards in their hand and they challenge Bell, they have to get rid of all six. Yeah. So Bell looks really strong. Hypnotize looks pretty strong. Improvise looks good. So I definitely think Emerald has a lot going for it from the looks of it to me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Me too. Me for too. Sure. All right. Well. This is going to be the end of the episode. I hope you guys really enjoy these deck upgrades. And I definitely think you should try out the the Challenge Times 2 deck is what we'll call it. Yeah, so the next episode, we are going to be doing the same thing again, but with Steel and Sapphire. Mm -hmm. uh, giving you the budget, non-budget upgrade. And then, honestly, the, <laughs> the, the version that is completely different. It's probably just going to be an items deck, but we'll get there. We'll get there, knowing me. You don't want to give up on the items. <laughs> I don't, I do don't. You? I'm not there yet. I can't give up on it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, besides that, the other really cool thing that we got going on is that we have a, a giveaway. Yes. Oh my gosh, so excited. We actually were able to hit our first goal over the weekend. So we gave away kind of like the first tier of our giveaway. We scored three starter decks, one of each. And so we thought it'd be really cool to give them away to our followers on Twitch, especially because product's still unfortunately so hard to come by right now. And we just want to put it in the hands of people who want to play the game. So yeah, and it was really cool. The Someone came in last minute to our Twitch stream, said they didn't have any product, wanted to start to play. Yeah. And then they, they won. Yeah. <laughs> they won the starter deck. We were so. using the, like, the wheel of names. And so the stipulations for it is that you just have to follow us on Twitch and then comment in our Discord in the giveaway channel to basically, that's like your entry ticket. And then when we hit 25, 50, and 100 followers, we give away a starter deck at each of those tiers. And so we had hit 25 over the weekend and gave it away during our stream. But yeah, it was funny. They came in and they were like, what you guys up to? <laughs> and then so we were just getting ready to, to do the, the name poll. And so they hurry up. We gave them a chance. They hurry up, went into the Discord, commented, and then I was just copying and pasting the names into the the wheel and then lo and behold the wheel chose them it was awesome <laughs> yeah it was awesome yeah it was a cool moment yeah but if you're looking for a starter deck we're giving them away but all you have to do is follow us on twitch and comment in our discord channel which will also be in the link to our bio so you can get both of those through there but yeah super yep. exciting super exciting all right with that being said you can find us on all social media platforms pretty much at The Inkwell Gamers. So official. The Inkwell Gamers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have a wonderful day, guys. Yeah, have a good day. We'll talk to you guys next time.